When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From beautiful, sexy Studio City, California, it is another episode of the Natsuck Files. I'm Ken Natsuck. This is a show about life, where I bring all my friends, all the people I know who I think are way cooler than me, and we find out about them, we dig in, and we get some great themes and topics going. Last week we had my fop, Matthew Ryan Key, in, and we learned a lot about him. And now we're going to bring another person, very important, very central to my life. Aww. Another person I, I, I call a, a friend and a, and a writing partner and a, and a podcasting partner and a wrestling partner and a stand-up comedy partner. Um, not a life partner. No. No. Mr. Joe Ruscherello. Hey, that's me. It is you. Hi, Ken. Thanks for coming out today. Thanks for having me. I, I like this. It's, uh, it's like if, if Ship of Fools mm-hmm. is Hotel California, yeah. this is your Boys of Summer. Absolutely. That's a great reference right. to uh, like Ship of Fools, which is a podcast we also do with Tim Powers yeah. of uh, uh, Fandom Planet and a lot of uh, other uh, podcasts. And uh, that one that one's going well, too. Yeah. And, right. it, and, you know, I'm glad you mentioned that because in Ship of Fools, we have dived, dove. I'd say delved. Delved. That's a fancy one. That's fancy. We have delved into a lot of your problems yeah, we don't need to do that anymore. No, ever. no, no. We're here to find. We're here to find. <laughs> you, sa- you said I was cooler than you. You said that in the intro. You're you like, absolutely pe- are. We don't yeah. go into my problems a lot on Ship of Fools. Um, yeah, I, I want to fix that one of these days. We could do a Tales of Ken <laughs> one of these days. There um, are so many. <laughs> you're a California boy, right? Born yes, and raised sir. here out in L.A. Born and raised. I, it's weird now because it's apparently it's weird to other people that I'm from L.A. You don't find that a lot. No. I'm, I'm not. Which well, te- technically, I was born in the city of Orange, but I was raised in Pismo Beach, California. Right. Came back at 22. But you, you, you've been here since the start. I, yeah. No, I've, I've lived in Sherman Oaks and... The Shokes. The Shokes. The Valley the whole time? The, uh, most, the further, farthest away I've gone was Thousand Oaks. Wow. And then Calabasas. Oh, so you're a spoiled, rich, white kid, right? I was for a while. It was for a while? great. Yeah. What, what, what changed? Uh, I got fired. <laughs> what were you doing when you got fired? I, Not literally. Don't tell me that. That might be incriminating. But what uh, field did you work in before? I worked. Uh, I did four and a half years in apartment management. Ah, that'll rack it. Yeah, because uh, I didn't know you then. No, right. we we met while I was doing it, but we weren't. Right. We 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 were not the the BFFs that we are today. Correct. And our our friendship kind of grew out of. We always joke. We were. Yes. Essentially rejected by the same woman. Yes. Not at the same time. No, years same, apart. But. Years apart. But essentially, we were rejected by the same woman. Yep. Um, who will be on future episodes of this podcast, I'm uh, sure. As, as she um, should be. As she should. She's key to my life as well, and she's cooler than me, so she gets on the show. Yeah. But we were rejected, and out of that rejection came this consolation prize. Yeah, that's kind of how it is. Yeah. Like, she, she was tired of being both of our friends. You know, as as she was tired of being as close with each mm-hmm. of us as she was, so she was right. kind of like, you know what, I'm out, gonna cut out the middleman. You two just go ahead. 
And it's been magic ever since. Yeah, I remember I got an email. Hey, Ken, my friend Joe is looking to get into stand-up comedy. Yeah. Can you help him? Mm -hmm. And I had only known you from pictures. And at the time, because I was trying to uh, get in good with her, so to speak, I was a little intimidated by you. As you well, I was like, "Who's this guy she calls brother? <laughs> What's his game? What's his angle?" Yeah, I think he's trying for something, right? Because they would go to Vegas together and all this stuff. Oh yeah, we did that several. Yeah. God, I tried so hard to yeah. rekindle that flame and failed miserably. <laughs> so I had nothing to be afraid Just of. Miserably, no, never. Like uh, uh, pretty much once I graduated high school, my threat level was reduced to zero. And uh, but you've had a friendship with her for a long time, yes. Meg, Megan. Yeah. Um, and so at the time, so I, I was I was intimidated by you, and so I was like, well, I don't want to help this Joe guy out. <laughs> All right, let me see what I can do. And I got you started in Jody Miller's stand-up classes, correct? Yeah, I took Jody's class. It was awesome. How long ago was that? God, uh, I think that was oh six. So oh, the aughts. Yeah, it was it was aughts. Two thousand six. That's about right. And yeah. um. You, what made you want to get into stand-up comedy? I don't think I've ever asked, because you had no real performing, performing background at that time, right? Nothing professional. I mean, I did, right. like, I did theater all through, okay. all through school, okay. like, you know, high school. Not a lot in college, but some. Like, I, I mm-hmm. wrote and directed a terrible one-act play <laughs> once in college. I and know that. Yeah. It's, oh, it's awful. What was the topic of your terrible one-act play? The topic of my terrible one act play was a a hypothetical of a oh a, my a, god a what if what if a boss uh, had had you know an employee who he was kind of rather fond of who he thought was a you know single lonely ba- bachelor okay. and tried to set him and who he thought was the guy's brother mm-hmm. up on a date with two ladies who he knew and okay. funny twist the dudes were gay and the chicks were lesbos. <laughs> You you lost me at hypothetical one act. It was awful. I actually I found I'm you're never gonna see it. Okay. But I did find the tape of it and I rewatched it and I literally about two and a half minutes out, I just I turned it off and left my house and did, just did, went and cried. Did this come out of some kind of weird life experience? I, I know you're not a gay man. Uh, it, it, yes. No, it was. It because um a my I you know I'm I'm not a gay man, uh, but I have took two, a while for you to answer that. Confirm that there. Well, it took me a while <laughs> to figure it out. Um, but I do have two gay uncles, okay. quote unquote. I did air quotes gotcha. on a podcast. I don't mm-hmm. know why. Um, you know, we are not technically related, but they're family. Gotcha. Um, and my aunt's ex-husband and one of them almost worked at the same place. Okay. And so out of that, like just. And and he was a massive pile of douche. Um, this is turning and, into some weird my two dads sitcom plot. Yeah. Well, this is my yeah. No, it's oh, it's <laughs> it was bad. Um, but so out of that, just thought, well, what if they worked together? And somehow that turned into this shitty, into this shitty hypothetical one act play. play. So bad. Um, Oh, yeah, I forgot to ask. Am I allowed to cuss? Uh, I, I try to keep it clean, but you've broken that barrier. <laughs> okay, sorry. But, well, I you know, won't do it again. Yeah. You know, I try to hold some standards up. Yeah. I'm I'm a good little church boy at heart, as we as we know. Yes, you are. Um, are you ever going to see Gremlins? I'm going to see Gremlins. I mean, you kind of have What to, Joe is referring to uh, is I have never seen Gremlins because I was not allowed to as a child. And it is on my list. I have the Blu-ray in my room. It's going to be part of the Schmozno podcast. Uh, 
Empire, Schmo mm-hmm. Plus, uh, the YouTube channel. We're gonna, I'm gonna sit down and finally watch it. Good, but yeah, my my conservative uh, family upbringing would not allow me to watch such movies as Gremlins and Top Gun and any classics from the '80s that had any kind of nudity or or suggestive situations. So we're gonna get there. You really missed out, missed out, man. So Top I, Gun's a classic. Out of this, f- what I can only call yes. a failed one act play. Yes. Uh, and this failed theater career. Yes. Oh yeah. So so why did I want to get in stand up? Um, I well, I was I was working this this apartment job, which exciting. Well, while it was, job. I mean, it, it paid my bills very well. You know, right. I was I was well compensated for my my work. Um, but you know, I was I was single. I had this job that I didn't really care for. Right. Uh, I had this stupid cat, and I didn't even know why I bought it in the first place. <laughs> you bought a, a single man buying a cat. Single man. That could be a whole separate podcast. Buying a cat. And I just, I kind of once just had this epiphany of, you know, there's a lot of things about my life that <laughs> should be mocked publicly. And so. Gotcha. You know, and I knew, I knew she, because she had mentioned that she had a buddy who does stand up. A buddy. A buddy. A bro. She referred to me as a buddy. Yeah. It breaks my heart even now. Uh, yeah. No, I had no shot from the beginning. None. No, yeah. You no. were never, like, how. whereas you were intimidated by me, yeah. you know, uh, no, never. Yeah. Not even once. Wow. She was like, yeah, I had a buddy who does stand up. I was like, oh. You. Wow. I mean, not even friend. Friend, there's some chance. No, was like, sometimes confusion happens between no. friends, but buddies, nope. it's out. You're buddies. Hey, pal. Yeah. Mm. Homies. So... You got into stand-up comedy, and how, how'd that go for you? I, you know, it. I mean, I for the most part enjoyed it. Right. Uh, I never. I, the 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 reason I ultimately got out is I realized I'd kind of hit a ceiling, and I mm-hmm. just wasn't going to get higher. Uh, Did you hit a ceiling because of talent level? You're a funny guy. That's not. No, that's I'm not hilarious. Uh, no, I just I I found myself in a place where I literally the. The only shows I could get mm-hmm. were either bringers, right, or Tuesday evenings in Oxnard bars in which front of I, six people. Which I did one of those shows with you, yes, yeah. You and did. I did and your bringers. I went. I had uh, some successful comeback shows when I left and I come back to stand up. It was actually you that brought me back in two thousand nine yeah. up at the the Ice House Annex. You're welcome. Some very good shows, um, but yeah, bringers are the um, a blight on the stand up industry, but they're unavoidable. Yeah, every show's a bringer, really. You got to have an audience, but in well, LA, yeah. it is something pretty specific. Hey, can you bring five people? Then you can be on my show. Yeah. It's pretty depressing. Yeah, and I, you know, I just I started feeling I started feeling bad for the people who would consistently come to right. to to the bringer shows. Like like I had I had a, one of my dear friends from elementary school right. who came to many uh, of the comedy store shows. Oh god! And you know, had to sit through sixteen awful comics telling their horrible yeah. hack material that they stole from Dane Cook to hear me do the same eight <laughs> jokes that she's stole heard. from Dan, Dom Herrera. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, doing those shows, and you mentioned the be- uh, the comedy store, the Belly Room. Yeah, uh, the comedy store is, is just a den of iniquity, and and uh, I've never. I was honored to perform there. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, the history of there is great. Yeah, being there was awesome. It is not what you would think. 
getting into comedy. Like, oh, I'm going to go to the comedy store. Yeah. It ain't the 70s, kids. Mm-mm. It is not the uh, center of comedy anymore. Yeah. And, and there's some great people that come out of there. You and I have mutual friends mm-hmm. uh, who are regulars there. So it's tough It's tough for me to criticize. I, I'm not criticizing specifically. No, no. But even they'll say, God, that's kind of a depressing place. Yeah. Homeless no. people getting up on stage to do comedy just to stay warm. Yeah. No, it's, you know, that, and there I've, I've also been a part of some very good shows there. Like, Absolutely. I don't, you know, and a, a lot of the belly room shows that I was in were a lot of fun. The belly room is upstairs and it used to be where the, the female comics perform back in the, back in the quote, the day. Um, and it's expanded. So it's a little side room and, and it's upstairs and it can pack it. You can pack it out with 40 people. Yeah. And awesome shows. You go to the main room in the original room, unless you're some big headlining comic, those shows, you literally, I'm, that's not a joke. You have homeless people in the back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I escaping. <laughs> yeah. And, and get on stage. And so, yeah, you mentioned you bring your friends out and you have five to seven minutes, mm-hmm. you know, seven if you brought enough people, five if you didn't. Yeah. And you've got to pack your your comedy career to those five minutes mm-hmm. and get your stuff down. And you're, you get the same friends that come over and over and over to see. Yeah. And they're seeing the same jokes over and over and over. Yeah. And they, you know, they would always, uh, you know, complain to me, be like, why don't you ever tell any new jokes? Why don't you ever tell any new jokes? And I was like, well, listen, like when you go see Metallica in concert. Do you want them to get up there and be like, hey, we're playing nothing but new stuff tonight? Right. Or do you want them to play Understand Man, The Ride, The Lightning? And right. their, and of course, their response naturally was like, yeah, you're not Metallica, dude. <laughs> and they were right. But, but uh, you know, it, 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 but it's tough because I, I would have that in my head where it's like, you know, I have six people in the audience who know exactly what I'm going to say. Right. There are 79 people in the audience who don't have don't. any idea and it was like you have to do, play to them yeah you have to play to the to the 79 yeah. but then you also are, i'm looking at my friends out of the corner of my eye like i'm sorry and after a while i'd say i started in 2003 by 2004 summer of 2004 i i, I couldn't invite any of my friends to the shows anymore no yeah and no. they were so i was so happy that they came out and supported yeah but i had one my friend dave uh we were at the the belly room and mm-hmm. he had supported and, and probably came to 20 of my shows yeah and you're right you, some of these shows will have 20 comics mm-hmm. all on the same lower end skill level working their way up yeah and i came out of the bedroom i had a pretty good show and i was feeling good and david stepped out whatever no big deal and i come out and he's by the um, the back there not not the bar on the outside but the back by the parking lot right hunched over hands on his knees Almost, I thought. Oh, are you are you okay? I thought he was thrown up, and he's like, "No, I just, I just can't take it anymore. I can't take stand up anymore. <laughs> yeah, I can't watch it anymore." Oh yeah. So no. you're, I said, you're excused. For, yeah. From ever. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I the 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 minute I realized that I didn't want to do it anymore, yeah, was at the comedy store again. Yeah. No offense to Absolutely. that hollowed ground, but it was at the comedy store. It was a, a Friday night burner show. It's yeah. you know it started at nine. It was about eleven thirty, and there were still six people to go before I went on. And I'm sitting, I'm sitting, uh, I was sitting along, you know, the little strip of, of chairs, kind of by the side of the room where yes. you go from the room to the backstage area. Yes. I was sitting there, and this guy's on stage, and he's just awful. And then he's he somehow gets the entire audience to start chanting the c word. Again, I, I'm not. I won't not swear confidence. On your show. Not confidence. No, rhymes with bunt. 
starts getting them chanting that over right. and over and over again for like a, a solid 30 seconds, then tells two more awful jokes and goes back to getting them to chant that. Mm. And I'm sitting there going, the only person to come see this show is my mother. <laughs> My elementary school teaching mother right. <laughs> is in the show going, here's my little Joey making his dreams come true. Yeah, because, I mean, she came to more shows than anyone else I know. Good mom. My mom is awesome. Right. But so, and I was just thinking, like, I can't ask her or really anyone who I know and love and care about to ever sit through this ever again. Ever again. <laughs> I know that feeling. Oh, you feel bad sometimes. And then if yeah. you bomb, and, and, and regardless of skill level, you're going to bomb at some point. Oh, yeah. We all know that. And you come off stage and you got your friends from work or your, your cousin or your uncle or someone you've begged to come out. Yeah. And you have to look them in the eye and know that you've just wasted their evening. Yeah. And then they have to pretend like, good job, Joe. Yeah. Keep at it. Oh, yeah. I had that. I I had people who I, yeah, I begged and I was like, please, you have to come see me do stand up <laughs> at, at this. It was a bar show. It wasn't well, a bringer. Yeah. Bar show. Yeah. But it was a bar show. Uh, and, yeah, I got, I had a good 10 people in there. They were, all, they were all sitting in the back. Right. And the 20 people up in front near the stage right. hated every word that came out of my stupid face. <laughs> and and I just spent my entire act trying desperately to make something happen and just watching my friends sitting in the back just going, really? Yeah. He's been bugging us for two years to come see this? Right. Oh, so Are these are people who hadn't come out earlier. No, huh? they, they had never oh, seen yeah. me. They had never, oh, and they bad. and they never came to see me again. And I was just like, I'm, oh, I was like, no, you don't understand. Usually, this goes well. Usually. So around this time, 2010 Ugh. is the last time I performed stand up, and I believe mm-hmm. that's the last time you performed stand up yep. up at uh, Crazy Randall and Lydia's room up in Oxnard. Yeah, uh, true story. Six people, yep. um, five of which hated me. Right, and. From there, though, we transitioned into professional wrestling we together. We did. Um, it took me a while to, to get you in fully because uh, you got to break through the code of the back. Of course. But uh, we Millennium Pro Wrestling, I see Simi mm-hmm. Valley, and at the time, Chatsworth, and we had a big show in May 2010 with Roddy Roddy Piper coming back on. And uh, uh, eventually, when did you actually start coming ringside with me? I, well, there was that one night where I actually did commentary. You did do commentary, um, yeah. That never yeah, it just it went day. into the void. Yeah, it never happened. Um, I think yeah, th- and and that was still at at Yankees. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't start coming. I didn't make my official ringside debut until we were at Boys and Girls Club. So that right. was sometime in 2011. Uh, I guess summer of 2011. I I have yeah. a wrestling alter ego persona, Tex Tunney, a manager of a stable called the Territory King. So we brought mm-hmm. you on as yes. Lester Talbot, my paralegal advisor. Yeah. Uh, Lester Talbot was originally a character designed to sort of be a, a dirt sheet writer uh, turned manager, but that angle came up, and then you hung by my side for course of a year, right? Is my yeah, my lackey? A year, yeah, year, year and a half. My pudding feeding lackey. Yeah, kind and of the uh, 
the Roscoe yeah. to uh, your boss hog. Exactly. You were yeah. my Roscoe P. Coltrane yeah. to my boss hog. That's yeah. a great way to look at it. And there's great videos online. You can go to MPW On Demand on YouTube to see some promos we cut. I miss shooting those promos. Uh, yeah, those, those are, are fun. fun. You feed me pudding and yeah. I had a neck oh, brace so on. Good. It's a great time. And then come December of 2012, your raggedy ass turns on me and yep. destroys me with a kendo stick. Beat your ass. A 400-pound Samoan man named Terex comes out and does a moonsault stand moonsault on me and yeah. destroys me and now you're in control of the stable loving it that, that was that was really fun <laughs> how, how long <laughs> i gotta tell you it was really fun when did your love of professional wrestling begin uh you know i i i always enjoyed it even as a kid i didn't sure. watch i didn't necessarily watch it religiously as a youth you know back in the hulk hogan roddy piper days as it was you as a youth uh it was one of those things where if it was on i was watching but i didn't like necessarily know when it was on right anything like that probably i want to say middle of 96 oh wow i so think a late maybe bloomer, maybe yeah. maybe like late 95 96 kind of because i know it was it was around the time of WrestleMania 13. Okay. I believe. No. Yeah. No, well, WrestleMania 12. Yeah. Okay. So the same era. That same era. Yeah. Same era. Um, kind of, you know, that build up. And because I, I remember I, I, I was actually a big, my, I, my two favorites mm-hmm. were uh, The Undertaker. All right. And I really liked Diesel. Which hey. in retrospect is kind of retrospect silly, maybe not so much, yeah. but at ninety five, ninety four, ninety five, yeah. ninety six, that was that was Kevin Nash, aka Diesel. Yeah, I just prime you know time. I just thought he was a big bad right. dude. Um, and I remember, and I you know so I was always watching Monday Night Raw, and mm-hmm. then one night Monday Night Raw was on a a commercial break. I was kind of flipping through. Yeah, and I hit this other show, and holy crap. Right. Diesel's on some other wrestling show. Oh. It was the night of his debut on Nitro. On Nitro. WCW's what? Nitro. Yeah. And I was like, oh, oh. I'm going to watch this now. So I really started watching uh, religiously. My, you know, every Monday night was full on definitely wrestling. Right. Right when the NWO thing started. Okay, so 96, 96. Yeah. What's it like to uh, now actually be performing in professional wrestling matches <laughs> it's weird um yeah i mean you know it's just it's it's definitely weird mm. uh, it's awesome i mean it, how similar is it to stand-up comedy uh you know it's not as similar as i as at least i would have thought mm-hmm. and just performing in general you know sure. it, it does in it takes me more to you know regular theater like theater theater oh, okay not yeah. um Simply in that, because you you are always kind of trying to gauge off the audience's reaction, but you aren't necessarily you're but you're more trying to create the audience's reaction, right? As opposed to kind of because you know in stand up when something's not working, you you adapt, you go yeah, you you adapt, you go somewhere else. In in pro wrestling, certainly you know with our like when you have a mm. promo and stuff, it's not like well if they start doing this, it's like here go say this right. go, right? And so then. In that you try to create the response and the reaction try, that you're that trying you to tell from the audience, tell that story yeah, and, and, and play story. the audience. Hope, um, hopefully they buy into it. Yeah. yeah, both through a promo or a match. I mean, you know, obviously right. I know nothing about doing a match because I haven't done one right. yet. Yet, I'm sure but you will. I I have a bad feeling I will too. Um, right. But but yeah, it's it's a lot more s- structured, okay. you know, than I I thought. Um, but I mean, it's it's it, it's a bit 
it's a lot more terrifying. It is terrifying. Like it, like every time I go out there, I'm excited, but yeah. I'm also just the whole time just like, don't screw up, don't screw up, well, don't screw up. Because there's certain points, especially as a manager character, which you are, there's certain points where you have to get involved and yeah. there's key moments and you have to uh, know what's coming before and what's coming after. And yeah, people are going to out there joke about the uh, rehearsed, quote, fakeness of this all. And yeah. we can spend a long time talking about the injuries suffered in this fake sport. Yeah, no kidding. Um, but it is theater. It's extreme theater. So you're sitting there as a manager. You're waiting for your spot. And it's terrifying because you could mess up. Yeah. I did mess up once in uh, June of 2010. And for my efforts, I received a, a concussion at the hands of uh, Adam Pierce, the NBA heavyweight champion at the time. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, a s- sincere, legit, real, he did it on purpose to hurt my brain concussion. Yeah. Uh, and that's just the way the sport works. Yeah, I le- and, learned my lesson. Yeah. And, you know, and all these guys could hurt me so yeah. far worse than I could hurt any of them. Right. So, right. you know, I really, you know, I don't, I, I don't want to get a concussion. <laughs> you know, I don't. They're not know. fun. Three no. weeks of dizziness is uh, not fun. And, you know, and it's, it's always, you know, you're standing there, you know, trying to plan out the whole quote-unquote scene, yeah. you know, whatever. The match, call the spot. Yeah. yeah, and they're like, okay, so here's what... You, and when they... If they throw more than, like, three things for me to do at me, I'm like, uh, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because I'm going to forget it. What, <laughs> what people don't realize when you're watching it is the matches move so fast. Yeah. And and the action's so fast and so immediate that you and you're waiting, like, wait, was that... Was that a was that my cue? Was that was that, yeah. do I got to be here? And you got to sometimes be on the certain side of the ring, or yeah. And um, you know, I always I've learned now, um, and maybe I bequeath this knowledge to you. I've learned on certain spots. I'll say to the wrestler, I'll say, uh, "You find me. Mm-hmm. Look yeah. for look for me." Yeah. Uh, so I'll be in a so that way I don't because in the beginning you're like they're like no you stand on the north corner yeah like, like, oh which, god I got to get to the north corner yeah you're like pulling out your compass in the middle yeah now of the <laughs> now I'll be like oh you yeah you find me yeah I'll just look for me oh okay cool yeah, all right thanks bro. I'll I'll sort of stay around you yeah. and then you just come at you me with at. whatever I'm supposed to do let me ask this question we got about five minutes left here in this uh, in this edition of the Natsock Files yes uh, Joe has this stand up comedy and this professional wrestling has it led to uh, any success with women? Uh, stand-up got me laid once. Really? That was it. Shocking. Yeah, I know. Can I... Me? Never. Never. Not once. Yeah. Well, and... <laughs> Well, and and I don't even necessarily know that. Well, it does count. And, and let's be honest. There's there's and uh, not to cut you off, but th- there's people uh, we know who stand up could get them laid every night. Yes. Not that that's the greatest goal in life. No. Uh, but but it's a good problem to have. Well, it's just it's, <laughs> and not that I even would have done it with some of the options no. are, are are presented. Oh yeah, certainly. But not. um, when it never happens, yeah. it's kind of like well, I wasn't invited to this party. Yeah. It happened once, huh? It happened once, not at the show. Okay. It was before a bringer show. Gotcha. And this girl wanted me to to sell her tickets. So we met at a bar so I could give her the tickets. Okay. And then we got hammered and went back to my place. <laughs> and then she came to the show two days later and we didn't talk at all and I haven't spoken to her since. So <laughs> So to 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 summarize there. And this is the kind of stuff you can find on the Ship of Fools show podcast yep. with yeah, Tim I'll, Powers and Jonah. Oh, I'll, give you, I'll give you the longer version okay. of Ship of Fools one of these days. So basically what I'm hearing here to summarize this one here is um, stand-up comedy got you laid until she saw you perform, <laughs> and then it didn't. 
Yeah, pretty much. You got pre-laid. <laughs> yeah, I got pre-laid. Or pre-joke She should have waited till after the show to determine whether or not that was something she wanted to do. Because apparently, in retrospect, it was not. And professional wrestling will not find you success with the women. No. Or at least the women you and I might desire. Well, certainly, speaking of not wanting any of the options. Right. I mean, I've... I've probably seen maybe in in the in the th- two three years that we've been around yeah. the MPW world, I've seen maybe three options that I would have wanted to. In terms of audience, and yeah. usually usually if you see an attractive human mm-hmm. man or woman in the audience at an pro- independent pro wrestling show, They're uh, lost. they they <laughs> were lost or they came with someone or, or yeah. anything, and we're being a little catty and a little mean, but also. Yeah. Quite frankly, you know, no, being really. honest, you you should see some of these people. Yeah, and <laughs> I can't. I don't understand that phenomenon. It shouldn't be. No. We're, we've been trying to invite different quality uh, uh, people to these shows. Yeah, my my roommate sat behind one person in our show who her, her ass smelled like an open barn. Mm-hmm. Like it, yeah. it, they actually moved and wanted their money back. Like <laughs> this person had this aroma, but that's for another show. Yes, uh, we got off the track there, but uh, yeah. So when's the last time you had a girlfriend? Last time I had a girlfriend mm-hmm. was uh, my my last girlfriend and I broke up in June of two thousand and one. Get out of here, serious? Yeah, that's a lot, like eleven years of dominance. Not that I haven't dated between you know since. Sure, I mean, sure. But I'm talking but about committed love. Yeah, no, never got never got to that part. Wow. Yeah. What are we gonna do about that? Uh, probably but- keep. Doing ship of fools, I think that concerns <laughs> me. That concerns me. I'm a little. I'm a little. Con- I've. I. Mm. I grew concerned about it a while ago myself. <laughs> it's starting to be a problem. I well, because I. I realize like, I. It because it's. I. I put it at this. This is my mm. marker, and and mm. I'm not that I'm trying to equate this tragedy to the mm-hmm. other, but it. You know, my my success in love was yeah. pre nine eleven. Wow. <laughs> Never forget. No, well, because because I re- used to have sex. Because I remember calling her because she went to, well, you know, because she she was on a big college campus at the time, and I was calling her like concerned for her well being, and her response is like, "Why why are you calling me? I'm fine. I'm saying, shut up, go away." So that's how <laughs> that uh, relationship ended. Well, uh, yeah, it didn't I hope go well. I hope you have some uh, success uh, later on. This year, hopefully, I, all this podcasting, all this to pod- some love. I don't think podcasting. I think it's mm-hmm. scientifically proven that podcasting will not lead to sex. Yeah, I, I, I think that's a fact. Yeah, I think probably. we can <laughs> confirm that one. Um, well, we're gonna have you on again here. Not that this show's gonna so. uh, jump you into the hearts of women, but uh, tell us where where they can find you on the uh, Twit Machine. On the Twit Machine, uh, you can find me at uh, my my nickname from the Schmoes No podcast, mm-hmm. which would be Shoesy Pants. So mm. that's at Shoesy Pants. Shoesy spelled with a Y. So shoes Y Pants. The uh, the common spelling of Shoesy Pants. Shoesy Pants. And you are a part of the Schmoes No podcast, broadcasting live every no. Thursday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Toad Hub Network, eight PM to ten PM. Yep. Had some great guests, and we just recently had, uh, not that this is going to air, probably a lot after, but we just recently had Maria Menounos on the uh, yeah show, and she said to you, you are creepy. One of the greatest moments of your life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It it, it was, I'm so glad that it's recorded on the internet for posterity. It's out there. I'm telling, and I, I seriously, I want a recording of that as my ringtone. It, it has like 2,000 views today. Yeah. And the line she says in this clip is, Shoesy's a creepo. Yeah. It's just hilarious. But uh, hey, maybe that will help you 
down the line. Just tell some women, hey, you know Maria Menounos? Yeah, yeah. she called me a creepo. That's right. That might work. Well, Joe Ruggiero, thanks for stopping by. Shoesy pants. Shoesy pants. <laughs> and we're going to have you back, I'm sure, on the Knapsack Files. Go find him on the Twitter. If you want to ask him out, just listen to the Ship of Fools podcast, and we'll give you a phone number to call yeah. when we want. <laughs> it's been another fun edition of the Knapsack Files, a show about life where I tell you people to find my friends interesting. <laughs> I think that's what it is. I hope it works. All right. Until <laughs> next time, we'll see you all on the Knapsack Files. Goodbye. Woo-hoo.